Hello, everyone, and welcome to Expect Better in Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Prosperity in Rochester, New York. Questions about real estate? Stay tuned for everything you never knew you needed to know. Have a better experience, get a better deal, expect better, and let us work for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Expect Better in Real Estate. I am your host, Justin Brosnan, and today we'll be discussing making the home appealing to get top dollar. Today with me, I have Terry Wilford, a licensed real estate salesperson at Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Prosperity, Rebecca Zafrani, owner of Set the Stage Home Staging and Interiors, and Ryan Duval, owner of Ryan Duval Landscaping. Hey guys, thanks for being here today. No problem. It's going. Uh, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Terry, let's uh, start with you. I mean, how did you get in the business? Who are you? And then we'll get jump right into it. All right. Um, I've been in the business for two years now, so I've been licensed for the past two years. Um, I started in the business, actually, I'm very close friends, best friends with my broker, Danielle Riley. Um, and she said to me one day, you know what? I think you'd be really good at selling real estate. And I was like, I don't think so, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're here. <laughs> and now we're here two years later and doing really well. Um, yeah, that's kind of where we stand. I think you just won a really big award. I won a couple what, what really were they? big awards. <laughs> um, I won uh, young realtors network, YRN rookie of the year. Wow. Um, I was Salesmaster platinum award this past year. Salesmaster. Salesmaster. Yeah, only uh, Sam the Iron Man. Oh, the Iron Man, right. Yeah, that's one. I can't remember. (laughs) But let's just jump right into it and talk about what image, why is image important to attract buyers to a home? Um, Image is really important. I mean, you're looking, when people are looking at houses, we're in the 20th century now, so everybody's looking at houses online. They want to see these great pictures, great curb appeal on houses. Um, And image is everything. I mean, they want to picture themselves living in these houses. Yeah. 90% plus searches are starting online. So that's really important to remember when you are getting pictures done, things of that nature, setting the stage, getting, you know, getting the landscapers in to make sure your house looks great from the outside. They don't like what the pictures look like. There's a high probability they may not even venture to the home. So that's huge. Is there any examples you could give the people out there listening of things that have actually turned your clients off? to a home. Absolutely. So, um, you know, number one thing is getting that image of the house and on the, on the computer, cause that is the most important part. That is the first step in 90% of searches. Like you said, um, landscaping, exterior appeal, interior appeal on the house. I have had multiple people say, I don't even want to look at that house because the, the pictures are terrible. The flip side of that is you get you can get people to houses Absolutely. when the house actually looks awful inside by a great photographer and actually setting everything up correctly. Absolutely true. And then they walk into the house and say the complete opposite. Oh my gosh, look at this. This doesn't look anything like the pictures. <laughs> Which is why we love having a good photographer on our side for this. Absolutely. You know, we always have these people and I had one this weekend and he's like, this is the house, Justin. He came in from Schenectady. He drove for one house and he walked in and I pre-warned him. I said, I know the, the other agent and she has a great photographer. This may not be what it looks like. <laughs> and sure as sure as all ish, when we walked inside, that is exactly what happened. He goes, I just drove from Schenectady to see this. Yep. Then Absolutely. we went and looked at the one that I recommended that the pictures weren't so good. And he's like, I love this. I said, that's the whole thing. It's all about setting the stage on that completely. Um, how do you portray a lifestyle when a home is staged or landscaped? What are you looking to do to help these individuals who are trying to offload their homes or buy a home? My uh, so when I'm when I'm um, 
selling a house. I, I deal a lot with lake homes um, in the Finger Lakes region. And when you are selling a house, you really are selling a lifestyle. Um, they want to be able to picture themselves in that lifestyle, um, whether it be in the middle of the woods and rural area, whether it be city, busy, hustle and bustle or a lake home. You know, you're you're looking at the encompassing life, lifestyle of that house. Um, are there kayaks? sitting in the front yard, you know, can you picture yourself out on that lake? Can you picture yourself hiking through those woods? Um, so that, I mean, really by exterior and interior on the house, you are able to picture yourself in that lifestyle. We really want you to be able to picture it, but when you're selling a house, we got to depersonalize and we'll get into that a little bit more Correct. as well, but they want to see themselves living there, not how you live there because their vision might be different. And that psychologically can turn them off to the house, which can be very nerve wracking if that's the one thing doing it. But a lot Absolutely. of times it is psych psychological and we got to be very careful of that when we're helping people get into the staging and everything of that as well. True. So let's jump right into landscaping. That's a good overview of what we're going to be talking about today, but let's talk about the specifics to what you're speaking to. And I think we're we're going to start here with Ryan and Ryan how long you been in the business do you we've got a company what have you been doing here yeah so um, we've been in the business for well I've personally been in the business for five years but I grew up in a I guess you would say the lifestyle of landscaping my father's been a landscaper for 37 years now and uh, I kind of followed suit with that so five years ago I started my company and we've been on a roll ever since. What services can you guys provide specifically? Uh, we do a lot of lawn mowing, uh, mulching, pruning. Um, we have started to get into some patio work and walkways. Uh, we do a lot of gutter cleaning. Um, I mean, you you name it, we do a pretty much anything. You brought up a really interesting point and it's more specific and maybe we'll jump right into it is, you know, the more expensive things, the patios, you know, the <clears> decks, you know, things on the outside. Are you seeing people getting a great return on those or is there something that would direct them to think otherwise on something like that? So patios, in my opinion, are something that are, is a very personal thing. Um, if you're going to put in a patio, I would definitely say it raises the value of your, your home, your property, but it's one of those things that if you're going to stay in the house for two, three, five, ten years, however long you're going to live there, great. It's definitely the right thing to do. If you're looking for something to flip your house, it's not, you're not, you may not see that return like you should. Um, so I wouldn't recommend it for, you know, the person that says, Hey, I'm going to sell my house in a month. Let's put in a patio and Hopefully I see this, you know, great return on it because I don't think you would. Now, like a front walkway, definitely, you know, easy fixes. They're cost effective. That's your first image when somebody comes up to the door. If you're walking up a broken up sidewalk, it doesn't promote that good image. So walkways are definitely a, a quick return, easy if you're just going to flip your house. And let's, the basic landscaping services that you're also providing, what ones are you really recommending to the people that are trying to get their house ready for sale? So if you're just getting ready to sell your house, like you say, hey, we're going to sell our house, you know, we're going to list our house in two weeks. That's when we would come in and say, you know, let's start with professional lawn mowing. Let's get some nice lines on the lawn. Let's get the lawn looking good because that's your first curb appeal is how's the grass look? And then from there we go to, you know, mulch, shrubs. You want your shrubs to be, you know, well-maintained. You want your mulch to 
be clean, a nice clean look. Um, definitely want your gutters to be clean because if somebody walks up and sees, you know, stuff running down the side of the house or leaves in the gutters, it's a definitely not a good image to promote. And we can't predict the weather. Look at what we've just been having here. We're in winter True. now, you know, and we did rain the other day and I know my, my gutters are clogged. I need someone over there yesterday because I was worried I was going to walk into a flooded basement because they were bad and I had no idea. But if my house was on the market and someone came to look at it yesterday, they're going to see a puddle on the side of my house. Mm -hmm. So that's a really big one for me. And that's pretty cost effective to get your gutters clean, correct? Gutter cleaning is very cost effective. Uh, so as you know, your shrub pruning, it's very cost effective. You have somebody come in, a professional come in and trim your shrubs. They look great. It's low maintenance. You know, it's a... If you're going to just sell your house, it's a very cost-effective thing to do. Cool. So let's talk about some more unique projects. Okay. Um, are you doing fire pits? Are you seeing a lot of those pop up? Are yep. you getting any other unique things that you see people doing, not just for themselves, but to get ready for sale? Or are where are you seeing right now? They're that? trending. So what I guess you would say is trending is yeah. fire pits are definitely, they've got this trend and outdoor kitchens have this new trend going. Um, but once again, you know, it's a personal thing. So if you're going to do it because you're, you like it, it's definitely something to do, but you know, somebody could come in and love the house and hate the backyard. So it's definitely personalized. You're not going to get your return on every single cent that you guys do. There is going to be some value out there to our listeners that if you're doing it for you, you need to enjoy your home. You're living in this, Yeah. but you have to understand your, your return on your investment when you get really custom it can actually detract some people. Yeah, some people it can, you know, if somebody shows up and says, you know, I hate this design, I hate this color, I didn't want this, I don't want that. I mean, that can be the end of a sale for somebody. Right there, because you're, if it costs them 30000 to do it, it's probably going to cost you more than 30000 to tear it down and exactly. start it over from scratch. Exactly. So you, you got to keep it simple. You want to stick to the basics is what I'm hearing from yeah, you. Yeah, stick to the basics. Unless you, if you're going to live there, then live there and when it comes time to sell it if you've enjoyed it then fine but don't go crazy with patios and fireplaces and fire pits just to try to sell your house because somebody may love the house and not love that and if somebody wants that stuff you know maybe they're looking for a house without that and looking for the open space so they maybe they have the money to spend to do their own you know custom fire pit custom outdoor kitchen custom patios so but with that, you know what it's going to be is if it's my buyer and they hate that outside kitchen and they hate that, I'm reflecting that in the price we're offering mm -hmm. most of the time too. Absolutely. From yeah. an agent standpoint, helping a buyer, you guys are going to go in there and say, yeah, that's awesome. It was going to give you some rate return on your investment, yep. but you better enjoy this for a long time because exactly. it's going to cost you some serious it's bucks. Gonna, it's going to cost some money to do anything like that. So You brought up a very no another interesting point, and I think this is the one that sellers should be listening to the most. You said you deal dealt with a lot with flips. You're dealing with a lot of guys who are getting ready to sell their homes right away. Yeah, so we... What are they doing? That's what we want to know. So <laughs> we have a few clientele that uh, what they do is, you know, they come in and they buy foreclosed on homes or, you know, fixer-uppers. And what these guys do is they come in, they do the inside first and then they call me and say, you know, this is, this is my budget. This is what I'm trying to do. We come in, we put a plan together and they see, you know, two to three times what their investment is on their outdoor landscaping. And it's just the basics. It's, you know, mulch and pruning and, you know, maybe we plant some new shrubs and some flowers and spruce the outside up. So 
is there shrubs that aren't really expensive out there? I mean, that's the biggest thing. I go to the garden factory as Joe Schmo home buyer, expensive. and I'm yeah. looking and I'm getting overwhelmed, thinking you know two plants are going to cost me three four hundred dollars. Is there a way to do it in a budget that you can see that type of return? Or, well, I mean, it's all that's a it's it's all point price relative. If you've got a hundred thousand dollar home, you know, don't spend ten thousand dollars on landscaping. Right. You know, if you can spend two. You'll see, you'll see the return on that, but don't go out and it's all price point relative. If you've got a four hundred thousand dollar house, well, spend forty thousand dollars on landscaping and then see what happens. You're going to see the return. You're going to see that. the return on that. And right. make sure you call Ryan because he'll be happy to take that project. Yeah, on. we'll take that one for sure. <laughs> you know? Definitely. I mean, the landscaping is a big thing out there to our our listeners, and I think people need to understand is you don't have to get crazy. We don't need to put the thirty thousand dollar. Um, patio on because that could detract a buyer, but you do need to do your basic, keep your lawn mode. I can't tell you how many people don't even do that. And it's such a turnoff because all you think in the back of your mind is if they were too lazy, if they're too lazy to mow the lawn, what's wrong inside the house? (laughs) And it's a psychological game again. It all comes back to that. That's why typically anybody, um, for instance, our foreclosure stuff, once our foreclosure buyers, you know, get the out, we, you know, we start maintaining it you know, a month ahead of time and we start mowing the lawn and stuff like that. But when they actually get ready to sell like two weeks before they list the home, that's when we go in. We're there every week, once, twice a week, making sure that the lawn is always looking. Because once the for sale sign goes up, people start looking. And uh, from the road, driving by, doesn't matter. People look and the first thing you see is the lawn. So we always go with professional mowing and say, you know, you're going to sell your home. Even if you have a lawnmower for two, three weeks or a month that it might take to sell your home, the investment to have a professional come in and cut your grass is definitely worth I it. I couldn't agree more. As someone who mows their own lawn because he enjoys it, it doesn't mean I do a, I don't do a good job at it, but I enjoy doing I it because it's a little break in my day. But if I'm selling my home, I'm not doing it myself. No, no. If you're going to just sell your house, then definitely have a professional come in and, and start doing some lawn maintenance. You don't have to go crazy with fertilizer or anything like that because just the basic mowing. Once you get straight, nice lines on a lawn, it changes the whole perspective of the house. Keep it simple, stupid. That's what I really got to tell everybody out there. Some people just want to go above and beyond thinking they watch too much HGTV. They think we live in Los Angeles. Guys, we live in Rochester, New York. This is true. You're not going to put a $100,000 landscaping job in most houses. No. There's one or two in Rochester that you could do that and it's going to get them their money. But it's not a big market. And you got to keep that in perspective. And doing the basics alone goes a long way. It goes a long way. I mean, when it comes down to the basics, if you had two houses side by side that were exactly the same, you know, size, shape, you know, on the same street, and you have a house that's, you know, landscaped, not extravagant, just your normal clean lines, clean lines, nice landscaping, nice mulch, your shrubs are pruned. And it just looks like a maintained property, you know, versus the house next door that has no landscaping, you know, Joe Schmo cuts the grass and, you know, maybe he didn't trim the driveway edge this week. That can be a definite problem to sell your home because the age of the do-it-yourself guy or do-it-yourself family isn't there anymore. The market is, I'm, I want it done. I'm ready to move in. I, it needs to look nice because I want to bring my friends and family over right away, and I'll pay more money because it's already absolutely. Done. 
I had a similar circumstance uh, just prior to this winter in the fall. I had a family I was showing houses to, buyers on the same street. We actually walked from one house to the other house. One house was completely beautifully landscaped. The other was not. Similar houses, similar structure, split level ranches. They had a hundred times more interest in the property and actually the interior was also staged. So interior was staged, house was landscaped, literally probably built by the same builder and everything, same layout. Mm -hmm. They put an offer in on the house that was staged and landscaped. It was priced higher. It was more ready for them. They have a family to worry about. They don't want to worry about expenses, doing all that extra stuff. And and it was accepted. So I think that's a great point. And right before we move into the home staging aspect of this, I'm going to give my last two cents on this. <laughs> and what we need to know, guys, is you, you, you're going to look at the house and they're not apples to apples, but money is so cheap to borrow that somebody's willing to spend an extra $10,000 on the house because that's only going to be about 50 extra dollars on their mortgage. Now, don't quote me on that. I don't know today's rates, but on average right now where rates are hovering, you're only going to spend another $50 more. Would you rather spend $10,000 once you're moved in and do that liquid and come take out all that money you might have had for renovations of the kitchen, et cetera? Absolutely. Or would you rather have that built right into the price? Which I think is going to bring me right into getting to talk to Rebecca Safrani here of Set the Stage Home Staging and Interiors. Hi. Hey, how are you today? Good. How are Thanks you? for being here. Appreciate yeah. it. Let's talk about staging because a lot of people out there don't even understand what it is. So let's talk about your professional background first. Sure. <clears throat> Started in uh, Rochester in 2007, actually. Um, it began, I mean, I went to school for design, so I've always loved just interior design. And I moved to Rochester and worked for California Closets uh, for a period of time. And conversations always turned towards everything else in the house. You know, what color should I paint this? And do you like this chair? And um, so I opened up the staging company uh, with my, you know, background in design. Uh, and I wanted to flip houses myself. So I thought that was sort of a, a nice, you know, way to, uh, to get into it. Um, do it for myself first and then do it for everyone else. So... Um, and I just saw the benefits of it. It's the icing on the cake. It's getting dressed up for the prom. It's, uh, you know, just showing people what can be in a house. They say only about 10% of people can visualize a space. It's so true. you have to show them. So, uh, you know, you want to walk into a West Elm store and stay for hours and go to sleep on their beds and not leave. I wouldn't recommend that because you might get arrested. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's what we're trying to create when we stage these houses. So, Well, everybody assumes it's going to be on the <clears throat> vacant house. So I guess we should start there. What are we doing in terms of staging the vacant house? So yeah, so there's two different types of staging. Basically, there's the occupied house and then there's the vacant house. And uh, a lot of people, even builders, think that you it's better to show a house vacant because then people can sort of walk into a space and picture themselves living there and their items and things like that. And it just doesn't work that way. Uh, it's the exact opposite. They can't visualize it. Mm -hmm. um, so if you show them, if you you know bring in the furnishings and you know, the accessories and all the little details that really make a house a home, that's what they're falling in love with. It's really an emotional connection and no one falls in love with, you know, four blank walls. Uh, so that's what we do. We bring in the furniture, the accessories, the lamps, the artwork, everything you can think of. 
it's today's style, meaning, you know, sort of modern, um, but the idea is to appeal to the masses. So nothing is done so specific that you're going to love it, but someone else is going to absolutely hate it. Uh, that's kind of the difference, actually, too, between staging and interior design. It's really for everyone. You know, you want everyone to walk into that space and connect with something. So they say, wow, that's amazing. And then they move on to the next thing. Oh, my God, I want that. Or, you know, I, I can picture myself sitting here and having a cup of tea and journaling or whatever it absolutely. is. All positive things. Um, so that's really, you know, what we do for the vacants. Let's talk about the, the non-vacant house, the occupied house. Sure. Are you going in and taking furniture out of things you don't like? When, what are we doing when we're going into the house that's actually occupied with stuff? Yeah, so basically it comes down to each individual listing and each individual owner and what they can accomplish and what they're willing to accomplish. Mm -hmm. I always tell my sort of, you know, when I walk into uh, do a consultation that's where we start. It's a hour and a half, usually, consultation with the homeowners. And we just walk through and we sort of put our buyer's eyes on and say, I don't, it doesn't matter to me how much the house is selling for. Um, I need to understand the demographics of who's going to be coming to the house. Um, but what we're trying to do is an overall picture of, yes, sort of, uh, erasing them from the house a little bit, like you guys talked about, where it's like we don't want them to picture you living there anymore. Um, so there's conversations about decluttering and depersonalizing, but you have to be also careful because if you tell people that, sometimes they take it to... They take it really personally. Very well, personally. They take it personally, but they if they listen to you, they take it like above and beyond. They're like, I depersonalized, and you walk in and you're like, you took all the personality out of the right. house. So you have to sort of guide them and that's what the consultation is for so yes we're talking about removing furniture or hey if we, we just moved this over or this corner looks really dark and you know if we took a picture of this room right now it's not going to show great online and so we're sort of just giving them all those tips right we're just walking through and talking about everything we see um and every everybody's different you know sometimes i say hey so that you know chandeliers could be you know maybe replaced and <laughs> and we have little tricks i've learned over the years and because i've you know done houses myself that you know we can go to home depot and it can be a 50 dollars light fixture and if you change that now it's going to make an absolute huge difference you know later and some people are like i'll be at home depot in 10 minutes i'll be right back and other people are like that's just not going to happen right so you just you have to you know everybody's different and you have to understand that they are where they are and they're trying to move and it's stressful and you know but they have a budget and a time frame and you know so you're trying to give them your ideas but the biggest bang for the buck within that budget too some of these people <clears throat> don't save pennies to lose dollars guys yeah you know i've had a <laughs> lot of listing appointments you go in and you want to explain to them uh, that you have too many couches in here yeah. or you have this. Yeah. The room itself is huge, yeah. but anybody walking into it can't visualize it because like you said, only 10% can. Yeah. And they're walking into this room going, it's so tiny. It's so this. And just moving things around sometimes Absolutely. can make a huge difference with that. Um, what, what I was going to ask you is it was a question I personally have is what are we doing to do any staging in the basements? Yeah, I get that question a lot. And basically what I tell people is, I mean, obviously you want the main areas to be, uh, you know, your wow factor, right? So they, they, 15 seconds in the door, I like to get their attention and keep their attention. And everything they look at is, oh my God, that's awesome. Okay, on to the next thing or some statement piece or something. Basements to me are... It depends on the house and if it's an asset or not, first of all. I mean, is it finished? Is it the way out to the pool? Um, we just did a house 
in Pittsburgh, and it was an $825,000 listing in Rochester. Um, <laughs> and uh, they were having trouble selling it because the, the layout of the house was, you know, main floor, beautiful, great, master, you know, uh, everything was amazing. And then the there was no um, door to go to the uh, you know, like the uh, the pool area mm-hmm. on the on that main floor. So the only way you could get there was through the basement. Uh. So be- when it wasn't staged, it just felt like I have to walk through this sort of dead area to right. to get to this amazing landscaped you know pool. And so we staged it downstairs, and it made a huge difference because in that case. It had to be a gathering area. It had to be where the kids were hanging out and playing games and watching TV and right. a basket by the door and grab your towel on the way out the door. So then people could picture how you were using that space rather than just it's this empty room. You know, it's just the door to get to the pool. And people didn't like that. So in unfinished basements, um, I typically tell people, you know, don't go crazy. Don't go finishing the basement by any, any stretch of the imagination. But as long as you show them that there's different areas in the basement. So it can be, you know, your secondhand furniture. That's fine because it's the basement. But show them that that's the entertainment area. And then the other side of the basement is craft area or workout area. Because all you have to do is make the suggestion and then that sort of gets their mind going. Um, I did this flip once and it was, you know, I take my own advice. I know I keep saying I do that, but um, so yeah, we it, we, it was an unfinished scary basement and we painted the walls and floor gray and I threw a yoga ball down there with a yoga mat and everyone was like, oh my God, workout area. I'm like, sure, you know, so you just have to kind of get their mind going and, and then they take it. How do you get paid? What do you get paid off? <laughs> I really want to know for people out there listening to decide if they want to hire someone to come in and do these things. Is it per piece of furniture? Is it for X amount of time that you rent it? How does that all work? Uh, sort of. It's it's it definitely is per job, I guess. But um, so consultations are easy. It's one twenty five, one hundred twenty five dollars for the consultation. Like I said, it lasts about an hour and a half. Uh, where the agents sort of come into play with that is we like to become part of their team. So the agents, you know, say you're trying to uh, land a listing, right? You're, you know, you're dealing with this client and um, you sort of need a team behind you to accomplish everything. You're, uh, you want to sort of show this like united front. So you can go to your client and say, hey, you know, this is what we're going to do and we're going to bring in a stager and they're going to walk around and they're going to tell you what to do. It's not coming from me. So then you can sort of separate yourself a little bit too <laughs> from that situation. And I don't know why, but they love listening to us and someone when the agents say it, they just, they, it's like, no, 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 no. But then the stager comes in and they're like, oh, you're like from HGTV or something, right? So they just, you know. It happens uh, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Um, so that's for the consultation. Sometimes it just ends there. You know, if it's an occupied listing, they take it from there. Uh, other times we get to the end of the consultation and homeowners are like, that's great and amazing. Can you come back and do all that? So really it depends on what they need done. You know, if they just need a few pieces of furniture, I actually sort of try to talk them out of that because for me to bring in a few pieces of furniture, I don't think it pays, you know, for the homeowner. It's go like, to go, home goods. Yeah, go to <laughs> right. home goods. And I tell them, I tell them all the secrets, you know, uh, places that I like and, and uh, you know, how to get good, good deals and 
you know, I'll, I'll tell them to, to do that rather than us coming back and doing it. Uh, if it's a little bit larger of a job and they really do need a lot of pieces and furniture and accessories and sometimes estate sales, you know, like estate uh, listings or like that, they have a few pieces of bigger furniture, but they really need, you know, sort of the, the, pr- the pretty stuff, mm-hmm. you know, on top of that, then we'll come back in and do it. And it really depends on if we're there for a half a day or a full day or beyond. Um, and then vacants, you know, it's vacant. So I can walk into a vacant house and based on sort of square footage and what we're bringing in and how many movers and how big the truck's going to be and that kind of thing, I can give them, uh, you know, a ballpark of what it's going to cost just by just by looking at it. And I guess the last question I have for you today, and I think we can end on this note, is is there a room that if we were going to stage and there was only one room and you had nothing else to do, where do you stage in? Man, one room? I have to yeah. say. <laughs> one room, the ball of uh, You're rooms. killing me. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's rough. Uh, you know, the main living area, I would say, right? So living room, uh, whatever that consists of in that house. Beyond that, I would have to say the master bedroom, though. People try not to stage bedrooms for some reason, even in ma- even in um, vacant houses. And it's just huge. Uh, the bedroom situation, especially the master, it's an emotional connection that you're trying to make with these people. You could have, you know, like you were talking about with the landscaping, two identical houses. Right. And if one is, is staged and people walk into that house and they're connecting to that, you know, they've already checked off all the boxes of neighborhood, how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms it has. They, they've done all that. So you have to get them to love the space. And if you walk into a master bedroom that is romantic or just, you know, again, Peaceful, relaxing. Yeah, again, just looks like, you know, you're walking into Pier 1 or West Elm or somewhere where people love to be, they're, they're going to, first of all, hang out longer, which is what you want when people are, you know, buying a house. You want them to not just walk in and walk out the door. So, yeah, I'd say those areas. <laughs> that was a lot of great information today, guys. I want to thank my guests today, Terry Wilford, Rebecca Zafrani, and Ryan Duvall. You guys have been great. Your expertise is much appreciated. Um, thank you guys so much for being here. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to Expect Better in Real Estate. I'm Justin Brosnan. As always, I'm keeping the real in real estate. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Expect Better in Real Estate with your host, Justin Brosnan. Do you have questions or want to just tell us how awesome we've done? Connect with us on our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BHGRE Prosperity.